guess first maybe for listeners not familiar with your work, a little bit about your about your background and what you've now discovered about you know helping to I don't know if manage is the correct word, but helping to you know, make some progress where uh, where MS is, is concerned. Yeah, thanks, Jeff. Um, my background is that I'm a professor in emergency medicine, and um, I've been doing that sort of work for about 20 years now, and also uh, have edited one of uh, Australia's uh, large medical journals in emergency medicine uh, for about 25 years. So I've got a, a fairly um, solid background in academic research, but uh, that was very useful uh, about 15 years ago when I was diagnosed with MS because uh, the standard sort of view of MS at the time was that there's not really very much that the average person can do for themselves when they're diagnosed. And I naturally felt the same way um, with my experience clinically seeing people coming into hospital very sick with MS and it didn't seem there was an awful lot that could be done but spurred on by my own uh, diagnosis I started trawling through the medical literature to see what was out there and to say that I was surprised at uh, the volume of material in the medical literature which suggested you could actually modify various lifestyle risk factors and have a possibility of staying well um, would be an understatement. I was really quite amazed at how much literature there is. So I put all that into a, a book. Uh, the most recent edition of that is called Overcoming Multiple Sclerosis and really it lays out a blueprint for people who want to take some control over this illness and who want to do what they can for themselves to, uh, to get better. From a, a, a medical perspective, how does nutrition impact you know these types of autoimmune uh, diseases, and how how does it how does it help? Because I know that there's a, there's a, quite a bit of and just in looking at your research, I know there's quite a bit of research on how diet uh, can have a significant influence on uh, on helping the the body. I don't know if it, it, healing itself is the is the right way to do it, but at least managing some of these some of these symptoms. Well, diet certainly plays a pretty major role in uh, many chronic Western diseases. I think there'd be no debate whatsoever about uh, cardiovascular disease or type 2 diabetes or indeed about uh, various cancers that are predisposed to by uh, by a poor diet, a typical sort of Western diet where we concentrate on uh, meats and animal fats and processed food, often um, takeaway food and that sort of thing. Uh, But when you actually look into the science behind it, there is a very strong body of evidence showing that a plant-based whole food diet, so essentially a some would call it a vegan diet, but it's more an unrefined diet looking at, at food in its much more natural state that's, that comes from fruit and vegetables, grains, seeds, nuts and so on, but supplemented with fish and um, particularly for their omega-3 content. When you look at what that does to the body, it actually has a very calming effect on the immune system. It It, it causes inflammation essentially to be somewhat suppressed. Uh, the, the correct medical term is it modulates the immune system, but it modulates it away from a sort of very inflammatory state, which is at the core of many of these uh, diseases, particularly MS and a few others like rheumatoid arthritis and so on, so on um, and dampens down that inflammatory response so that it actually does give the body a chance to get some stability and for the natural kind of healing processes in the body and the repair processes to start to kick in once you've dampened down that ongoing inflammation. I know there are, are numerous cases, but how how prevalent is, is MS uh, around the world? 
MS is really very common for a disease of its type. It's the most common neurological disease of young adults. Uh, so people in their between 20 and 40, uh, of all the neurological diseases they can get MS, by far outweighs the rest. In a place like uh, North America, it's uh, particularly in the, the more northern parts of North America, it's around about one in a thousand people get it. And if you go sort of a bit further north up towards Canada, it's about one in 500. So really it's very common up there. And of course, it has a very strong uh, familial tendency. So it runs in families. And if you happen to be the offspring of someone with MS, like I was, my mother had it, then your risk is between 20 and 40 times higher than that. So if your base risk is about one in 500 and your risk is uh, 20 to 40 times greater than that because you're related to someone with MS, then your risk may be as high as 1 in 12 to 1 in 25. I mean, that's a very substantial risk. As you've done this research and you've looked at how have you seen your own, um, your own personal uh, condition improve or, or modify with, with you know, really focusing on, on, on what it is you're, uh, you know, at the nutritional level, what it is you're, you're, you're eating? Well, in 1999, when I was diagnosed and, and really was forced to start uh, looking at what things can make a difference in MS, I, I very rapidly found this very large suite of lifestyle risk factors for progression of the disease that you could modify. And I set about modifying those in my own life uh, very quickly. Within weeks, I was on a plant-based whole food diet plus seafood. I was getting out in the sun regularly, exercising. I started meditating again, which I hadn't done for some years to reduce stress. Uh, I was taking omega-3 supplements, and I'm very happy to report that uh, 15 years on, I now know now have no longer symptoms of no no, no symptoms of MS at all, um, and I have no disability. I'm perfectly well. In fact, I'd have to say I, I just passed 60 a couple of months ago, and I would be the fittest and healthiest I've been in my whole life. As you look at the research and see how that this is, you know, this this approach has been been applied. Are you are you seeing similar results in others that that are trying and doing these these same things? Well, we've got two big streams of research going on. One is to look at the outcomes of people who are adopting this approach after they've been to some of our living retreats that we run in Australia and uh, the UK and New Zealand. And the second is looking at a very big cohort of people, around about two and a half to three thousand people from 57 different countries around the world and looking at their lifestyle habits, their diet and so on and seeing what sort of uh, health outcomes they've got in terms of quality of life and disability. The, the results are very strongly supportive of this approach. The, the first stream um, shows that people who've been to a retreat to learn about this approach, who adopt the approach at about one year after going to the retreat, their physical health is about 11 percent better and their mental health about 13 percent better at two and a half years it goes up to about 15 percent for each of them by five years with no other intervention uh, they're about 20 percent better now this is pretty astonishing really one might expect that you could slow the progression of this down and I think when I first started this that's what I was hoping but in fact we're seeing people start to recover people actually improving function feeling better getting better and the big international study really strongly supports those findings. We've now published data on the diet, the smoking and alcohol habits, uh, omega-3 supplementation and fish consumption of those people in that large 2,500-3,000 people group. And we find, for example, that people who are taking 
omega-3s regularly have about 60% fewer relapses than those who aren't. We find that people who are eating fish regularly three or more times a week are considerably less disabled than those who aren't. Uh, people who are in the very ultra-healthy fat group, so people who are not eating animal fat but are eating unsaturated fat like uh, omega-3s, omega-6s from nuts and seeds and grains, fish, uh, they're about 30% to 45% less disabled than those who are um, who are not living that same way, who are not eating healthy fats. Um, we found that people who are smoking, for example, and there's only a small proportion of that cohort who are smoking, I think the message is getting to people with MS that it's quite harmful. People who are smoking are twice as likely to be disabled, so the disease would appear to be progressing uh, much more rapidly in people who smoke. So it's one of the sort of key things that we would recommend to anyone who's still smoking if they have this disease, that you can actually dramatically impact your condition by giving that up. So we found some pretty uh, strongly supportive findings in both arms of our research. Is this true for other autoimmune diseases? Are you seeing some similar results for other things, like you, you mentioned uh, chronic arthritis or, or other conditions that are that are autoimmune? Well, we haven't specifically been studying other conditions, Jeff, but the interesting thing is that we've been looking in our study at, at what, just asking people what other diseases they have and also in uh, our ongoing study of people who've been to the retreats. We're in touch with these people regularly to see how they're going. And the really interesting thing is that many of them will go back to their neurologist and say, look, I'm on this doing this dietary approach with other risk modifications that I'm making. And the neurologist may say, um, look, I, I don't feel strongly about this. I don't think there's a lot of evidence to support it. And over months to years, they start reporting that their doctor's taking them off their medications for high blood pressure. They no longer need their statins for cholesterol. Uh, they're off their antidepressants because they're starting to feel better. There's a, a really interesting effect of this kind of uh, really ultra-healthy lifestyle on their whole condition. People are reporting dramatic weight loss. They're reporting that other conditions they have, such as their arthritis and so on, are actually starting to improve. So it's a kind of a really ultra-healthy approach for people to adopt uh, with or without MS living this way. But particularly if you have a serious Western chronic disease like MS, then this is the sort of approach that will... Um, really markedly affect your outcome. And, of course, for most of us, we're sort of thinking what we're going to be like in 20 or 30 years' time um, after having had the illness for all that time. And um, the chances are you're going to have a really healthy um, period of life uh, as you get older. And I think that's really important as, as many people in our culture get progressively sicker as they get older. Yeah, it also seems like that, that individuals that... That may take this approach for the for the MS. That just the other uh, indirect health benefits seem to be very very positive. There's a lot of indirect health benefits living this way. One of the things that we have noticed, we've, we're just publishing a paper shortly about depression in this group, and MS um, is a disease that particularly promotes uh, depression. So if you have MS, you have about a one in two chance. 50% chance of, of getting a serious depression during the, your illness. And our data uh, is very strong that that risk is, is markedly reduced by um, adopting this kind of lifestyle approach. And people who've been to our retreats, for example, and who've read the book and who've engaged with our website 
in the forum have about one-tenth the risk of depression than people who haven't. I mean, it's, it's quite remarkable, the differences in depression. We're, we're sort of used to hearing about uh, antidepressants and pharmaceuticals for depression, but in fact, a healthy lifestyle approach like this is far more effective than the standard uh, medications. And really, of course, it comes with only help, helpful and positive side effects. It's a great thing to do, whereas the medications come with negative side effects. For listeners that will that will hear this and they want to find out more about uh, about your research and 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 just uh, more in general about how they can can to do this, where, where are some what's a good place or, uh, for for folks to go get more information? Well, our website has most of this information on it and has a number of useful links and a very good community forum. Uh, it's called OvercomingMS.org, OvercomingMS.org, uh, and also, of course, we've got uh, the two books that are out, Overcoming MS and Recovering from MS. And in the recovering book, for example, we've um, we've got the stories of twelve people from different parts of the world. Three of them, in fact, are doctors uh, who have made substantial recoveries from this illness after adopting this approach. And really, I often tell people when they're first diagnosed, you'll hear a lot of negative things. Get a book like this and surround yourself with good stories. It's really important to have a, a favourable mental attitude, to be positive, and to be hopeful about this because. Realistically, there's every chance you can stay well.